0: And prepare your mind for what your ears are about to hear. Welcome, welcome oh. to the DioJO podcast. Good. Tweet sounds The, the DioJO podcast. 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 The, the DioJo podcast. Podcast. Podcast.
1: podcast.
2: So we found a really cool killer podcast that we want to describe here that is very amazing in the restoration industry. Yep. It's called That's It. I've had it with this dump.
0: The Diojo Podcast. Our sponsor for today's episode of the Diojo Podcast is the Diojo. (laughs) They are the ones uh, financing this thing after all. So if you go to the website... TheDiojo.com. That's T-H-E, in case you didn't know how to spell the. And Diojo is a little tougher, D-Y-O-J-O.com. You can go over to the services tab and slide on down in that menu to freelance writing, and you'll see Diojo offers freelance writing for things such as freelance articles, ghostwriting services, blog and webpage content, converting videos and presentations into copy, remote estimating to help boost your capacity, book reviews, and a host of other creative services. There's even samples of written content as well as feedback from customers, such as high quality, reliable freelance writer, great to work with, quick revisions. <laughs> if that's not a 5-star review, what is? <laughs> no, really, what is? Anyways, check on diojo.com look at freelance services in the service menu, and hit us up if uh, you want to collaborate on a project. Why write for yourself when you can pay someone else to do it? My Howdy y'all out there in podcast land. Sometimes people gonna ask me why you do this podcast? And I tell them it's cuz I want your blood. And I want your souls. And I want them both
2: right now. Rigid slugs. Don't any of you have that I'm
0: your huckleberry. Is there a better line in a 90s cowboy movie? I know Clint Eastwood has plenty of them, but. One of my favorites has to be Val Kilmer, Doc Holliday's line, "I'm your Huckleberry." Anyways, I also had actually two points I wanted to bring up that that maybe are a little bit deeper than y'all might be used to round here. But uh, I was thinking of the golden rule, so uh, it ties into our guest, who the theme is taking care of your partners and how a lot of his ideas for business and marketing have come out of that. But if you think about the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's crazy how we can get that twisted because what we can say is, well, I did them the way I'd want to be done. But the thing is, that's not true because... If someone else were doing unto you, right, you'd want them to have a little bit of an understanding of who you are and how you want things done and understanding you as a person, treating you as an individual, right? So... Treating people the way you would want to be treated is not treating them the way you would want to be treated, but treating them the way you would want to be treated if someone else were treating you, which includes understanding the person and treating them the way they would want to be treated, if that makes any sense at all. But being listened to, being understood, not just saying, well, I like my sandwiches with mayonnaise, so I gave them mayonnaise. Right? Right? Maybe Maybe they they like like Miracle Whip. Whip. But uh, but thinking too about how that applies to your partners and your subs. I don't know how many places I've been in when they're like you know you've got a crap scope because your ex- exactimate estimate has been chewed to to just uh, twigs. And uh, you know the, how often have you heard from an up a higher up a manager say, well just pass that on down to your subs, right? Make them dig a little deeper. So and you know you do that too often and. People wonder why they can't get subs or partners. You know, and property restoration sometimes can have a negative, uh, you know, reputation in a market. You know, it's not just passing the buck, but treating people the way you would want to be treated is discovering how they would like to be treated. And that goes with your employees, you know, if you are an employee, with your managers, with your subs, even with adjusters. Oh my gosh. Um, so, but also, man, we were doing able to get, I think it was six people total on a Zoom call that we recorded and we'll be releasing shortly about doing good in your hood and kind of talking about some local efforts. We had Merritt Construction, Anthem Coffee, GMS Distribution, Rockland Restoration, then Rick Dancer um, from Rick Dancer Media. And he actually brought up a really good point. It's not social distancing, right? We've, we've been calling it that, and it's a terrible connotation because... We still need to be connected to each other and and creating community even though we're trying to keep each other safe and so really six feet or greater that's not a social distance that's a physical distance we still need to be socially connected and uh, he made a good really good point about you know trying to change that narrative and the way of thinking because it's true I mean I've been in the grocery store or other places and people even if you're wearing masks there's just it's veering towards you know being rude or aloof and those kinds of things and that's not the perspective. We still need to be cordial with each other, still be nice, still say hi to somebody in the grocery store. You're not going to kill them. Um, but, uh, you know, um, while maintaining that distance, you know, wearing your mask or whatever, whether it's to protect yourself or to protect others, I guess that kind of goes back to the golden rule too. Right. But, um, yeah, that's, I thought that was a really great point. You know, it's not, social distancing where we're cutting ourselves off from people but physical distancing so great point from rick dancer um and uh love your feedback on that if if you have any ideas i think i posted that on linkedin too our guest today is william mendoza from rockland restoration and he shares some incredible marketing ideas i don't want to give those away Um, what what's amazing what i'll say up front is they cost less he was talking about Like spending 25% less than what another company, you know, that started restarted about the same time he did, um, and the return on investment that he's gotten. And so, as I said, uh, it stands out um, is that a lot of his ideas revolve around doing good by someone and taking care of your partners, and the ideas have really um, taken off for him, so he's on the 2.0 version of his company so you know not a lot of people he actually was in the industry learned it got out of it and uh is coming back so you know he's got a renewed passion but has those years of knowledge from prior experience and uh you know so many people say do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life i kind of think that's a bit of malarkey but um if you find something you enjoy in what you're doing then you can you can engage and continue with passion and continue to challenge yourself. So anyways, let's get into it with William Mendoza, Rockland Restoration. All right, we're here with uh, William Mendoza with Rockland Restoration out of Bellflower, California. Um, I'm assuming it's warm down there. Um, yes,
1: in... it is. A <laughs> <All> overcast <laughs> today, it's nice though.
0: Yeah, I'm in Tacoma and we got rain this weekend, so we've had a couple of, you know, we're in the rainy Northwest, so... I I remember, okay, so I used to live in Ventura, uh, a little north of you, right? Uh, Just south of Santa
2: Barbara.
1: Magic Mountain.
0: Being surprised, California gets the same amount of rain as the Pacific Northwest, if not more. It just happens one week at a time. (laughs) It it, is true in the northwest it, it sprinkles here and there and like it'll rain for an hour and then be sunny the rest of the day and then cut in and cut out and i remember the first time we had a heavy rain in natura i was like holy cow and uh and it just dumps in you know a three day span or something like that
1: yeah that's why they're never prepared for it when it dumps yeah. it's like oh it's not going to be bad and then next thing you know things flooded out
0: <laughs> yeah and then everything's built uh the other uh, big contrast everything's built slab on grade Uh, for the most part in california and then we got crawl spaces up here so um, um, so i wanted to ask uh, i always like asking um, you know most of us don't set out to get into property restoration or insurance work it's not like you're sitting there in high school and you're like man i want to repair houses for insurance companies (laughs) Uh, how did you get started in uh, property restoration
1: well basically um, a long time ago I went to school and I studied constructionology.
2: Oh.
1: And um I my father is a general contractor, my grandfather was a general contractor. Um, and I thought, you know what, I guess I'm gonna become a general contractor. Yeah. And I wanna study construction technology because I wanna be, you know, want to take it to another level and I wanna learn more about the different trades to make yeah. sure that I understand what's going on, pricing, things like that. Um, along that road. I had a distant cousin who I came in contact with, who was actually a building inspector up in San Jose, California. So um, he said, "Why don't you get into building inspection?" And I said, "Well, I, I mean, I like the brain work of all of this." Yeah. So yeah. I studied construction technology, then I studied building inspection. Um, I got certified as a building inspector, and I went to work for a few different municipalities as a building and plumbing inspector. I worked for the city of Huntington Beach. I work for the city of Upland, California. And then my last municipal job was in the city of Elstow. Okay. That's great. Yeah. So you went. Yeah. Uh, so then, did.
0: When, when did you get the bug to, to, to. Did you go into general contracting and then into restoration or?
1: All right. So, so here's how it happened. At the point I became a building inspector, becoming a GC sort of got put to the side. Sure. So I'm inspecting for maybe about five, seven years as I'm making my rounds to these different municipalities and then ending up in El Segundo. Um, when the housing, right before the housing market crashed, yeah. I left one of my building jobs and I went to work for a big home builder for a couple of years. Okay. And, and um, because I wanted to learn how to run big jobs, I wanted to learn how to schedule and I wanted to learn, you know, just all facets of that because I was never experienced to that. So I did that. I did that right before the housing market crashed. Yeah. Um. And then once it, and I didn't think I'd go back to building inspection. Yeah. So I thought that was it. I loved that job. I loved yeah. it. It was, yeah. it was real demanding, but man, I loved it. And the, it was very rewarding yeah. financially um, and just the friends and everything that you make there. So what ended up happening was housing market crashed. Um, I sat at home getting my severance, um, still getting bonuses from the work that I had done before. So I didn't have a care. You know, it was just kind of you know, winging it. What's my next step? What's yeah. my next move? Uh, and then I ran out of money. Yeah. So <laughs> once I ran out of money, I said, hey, I need to work again. Yeah. So first thing I did was go back to building inspection. Okay. So when I went back to building inspection, I ended up in El Segundo, which was the last job that I had. Um, I was a temp and then I applied to work for the city. They hired me on to work for the city of El Segundo. Um, and in El Segundo is where I met the person who introduced me to restoration work. Okay. So it's sort of like if you're building a home or a building in El Segundo, everybody wants to be the building inspector's friend. Yeah. So this is this guy and I'm singing this young guy. He's got this money. He's building a house. He seems very personable. You know, he wants to be my friend. And I'm, and I always ask, I always ask people, you know, how do you make your money? What do you do? You know, just interested. I always, it's just very interesting to me.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, the different ways and things. And I've, I've, I've heard some weird stories and he said, restoration, this is what I do. So he's the one who introduced me to restoration.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah. That's, uh, I remember when I applied, I think I told you um, I applied for a service master. It was a carpet cleaning ad in uh, Ventura, California. And uh, at that time, you know, quote, unquote, mold is gold was the era. And uh, they were starting up a mold remediation division. And I hadn't heard, I'd grown up up around construction, but never heard like, you know, the insurance, the water, fire damage, mold, and, you know, getting into that. That was just a whole nother world. So, um. But this, so where you're at with Rockland now, this is Rockland 2.0, right?
1: Correct. Okay. And so So.
0: you had a a short hiatus with uh, Rockland 1, and then what brought you back?
1: So um,
2: money again. Yeah. What is this? What is this? Where's all the money? That's as good as money, sir. Those are IOUs. Go ahead and add it up.
1: Every sense accounted for. So, uh, Rockland 1 basically started us only doing recon. Okay. So, um, the person that introduced me to this, he only did dryouts, he didn't do any reconstruction. Um, I got my GC license so that I could start doing reconstruction on the jobs that he was drying out. Yeah. Um, I never worked for another restoration company in that respect. Um, so, everything that I learned was self taught. Okay. So, he was, he would say, okay, I think that's a good idea. You should do recon. I don't know how to deal with the insurance as far as that's concerned, but I do know they use a program called Xactimate. It keeps running my estimate. I can't win. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I don't know how to use it. <clears throat> so what I did was one year, um, I took my entire tax return because I'm working at the city job, right? They're taking all this money out. and I bought, I couldn't afford to pay for the schooling and buy the program. So I bought the program. Okay. I bought the program. I set up every night, just going line item through line item and reading everything about it that I could. Okay. Yeah. Then what I did was I would go to bid jobs and I would ask, I would tell them, get two more estimates. I'll give you another estimate um, after I see those. And then they're going to pay you the highest, you know, the lowest of the three. Yeah. So... Just kind of playing off of people's greed, and so, you know, so to speak, just because they want to get the most they can out of it. I had no idea, you know, what was what. So I start bidding jobs, and maybe for about six months, I'm bidding jobs. I'm not winning anything. I'm not right. getting anything. And then I then I finally got my first one, and I'm losing money. Yeah. And I did that like another six months, and then I finally started to break even, and then I started to make money. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was a whole process, and my, my wife at the time. She was really not happy with that. Yeah. That, that, that whole scenario, what is with the culmination of that and her and learning this is what ended up ending Rockland 1.0. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, well, that's interesting though. You, you, you want to learn more about construction. So you go the um, construction management, you know, educational route and then you go from it from the building inspector side of things you know, the other side. And mm-hmm. uh, that's, I, th- I think that's probably the first I've heard of someone going that route actually using low bid to their advantage. Like, I think I can use this to try to win. Um, you know, we do a lot of, where I'm at now, we do a lot of public bids and it's a frustrating process, but you learn a lot, you know, you learn where the market is and, you know, the ups and downs and those kinds of things. So I can't, uh, mm-hmm. thankfully, I'm very thankful, you know, I had somebody that showed me but a lot of my learning with ExactMate was exactly, you know, you look at, well, why are you writing it this way? And then somebody else writes an estimate and you're like, oh, there's some pickups over here. or I hadn't thought about those line exactly. items. Yeah. So.
1: If you approach them with the humility as a contractor, these adjusters, like I really don't know. Say how that word again? Humility. Like it, it was, it's not something that I'm often probably known for <laughs> at this point in my career. Um, but I think at that point it, it was very evident I didn't know what I was doing, right? And you had nothing to fall back on but sure. yeah. so
0: the um so the mitigation contractor though that you were working with, he wasn't using Xactimate? No. Oh wow. Hmm.
1: Not at all. Yeah. yeah. I think he I think he would get the pricing, but he would still put together his own invoices. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah.
0: pretty common nowadays to, you know, people kind of moving away from Xactimate, I guess. A lot of people are trying to so um okay so you got so how i came aware um i think i saw on instagram your rockland uh fire water, you know your branded energy drink and so we started a conversation on instagram um so what uh wh- where, where did that idea come from and then i'm really interested what was the process like from like conceptualizing you know having your own energy drink did you have input on designing the flavor and obviously the design and that kind of stuff. But what, 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 what did that process entail?
1: So, um, basically I had the idea for, for an energy drink, not, not quote unquote firewater, but I had an idea for an energy drink during Rockland 1.0. I had, I have a bunch of stuff that's on the, was on the back burner that's now becoming coming to fruition. Yeah. But, um, it came because my way of thinking now and has always been the person that if I had to worry about anybody taking my business which I don't I mean I'm comfortable where I'm at and I know that the people that work with me will work with me and if they don't that's fine I'm fine with that but the person that's coming up is and is going to overtake me is because they're hungrier than I am
0: yeah right
1: so and that person is not going to have the resources they're not going to have the money they're going to look at doing the most they can with the least that they have and it's just that hunger that's going to get it going so that's the way i try to think about everything so when when the idea for firewater came um it was basically because it was cheaper for me to do that to promote my business than it was anything else i was doing at the time so if i'm giving like plumbers I'm buying hats and I'm having them embroidered with LED lights on, which plumbers love because they go into the sink and they work or they're going to, but yeah. they throw it away and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it here, but I couldn't have imagined the impact that an energy drink can with your logo on it would have as compared to me giving you a hat with my embroidered you know, logo on it. It's I totally different.
0: Yeah. I can't think of any other company, um, you know, other than the, the, well, like Starbucks got into, you know, uh, to some degree, but I can't think of any other company that's done that. Like, you know, and it's ingenious cause we, I mean, like we were talking about offline, you know, you go to a job site, you know, you bring your guys some nice cold energy drinks to keep, keep things going, especially, you know, those late night ones where you're going to be there all night or you bring pizzas and sodas, but how cool is it, you know, to drop off to your guys or your partners, you know, your own branded energy drink. <laughs>
1: But, you know, it's kind of funny, too, because we talked about Rockland 1.0. Rockland 1.0 was sort of a different animal. Rockland 1.0 was, you know, try to conform with what is, quote, unquote, the norm. You know, yeah. how your typical restoration company acts, what they do. Rockland 2.0 is I do whatever keeps me interested and makes yeah. me feel good and ha- makes me happy to wake up every day. Yeah. And there are things that I and I have my closest people that that I bounce ideas off of. and I, I I'm one of those people that sometimes I can't sleep at night because I have just so much stuff going into my head. I gotta open my phone, I gotta write things down. Even just this morning, I'm talking to other people and a lot of plumber business uh, partner friends that I now have and I'm bouncing stuff off of them. But when I bounced off Firewater to some people, they didn't get it. They were just like, I don't understand how this works for you and I don't understand, I think it's not a good idea. Like, I don't understand how this works for you. So it was even a push, even like the person that did my graphic artist, He's done graphics for me so he for years, so he kind of knows where I'm at with it. I let him run with that, but he didn't even want to put the Rockland logo on it. He just wanted it to be its own thing. And I said, no, no, that's not what it is. People, yeah. it's about branding. People, and then those people said, well, it doesn't make sense to put the Rockland logo on the energy drink because it has nothing to do with energy drinks. And I go, it has nothing to do with it, but it has everything to do with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can't, I mean, over the years, I've worked for businesses large and small, you know, and even recently having some conversations, and it's so crazy that people don't
1: understand,
0: you know, marketing, doing, I heard early on, um, it might have been in Seth Godin's like purple cow, but like, um, if you're doing what everybody else is doing, that's not marketing, you know, it's just like, like you said, you're just, you're a salmon in the stream, right? salmon are dying everywhere and it's like everybody's like well this is what we do you know and so um i even i can remember telling people like i don't think you should hand out your business cards like it's useless you know um for the most part so um, i i just can you know those things where if you can invest a few more dollars um i used to work at belfort we used to hand out hand sanitizers you know and um that became
1: a commodity uh, nowadays yeah
0: yeah now nowadays that would i mean those are gold um and then like packs of gum with our logo on and stuff like that. Just things that stand out, you know, everybody eats gum, you know, so just things that stand out a little bit more. So paying a little more than just you know, here's my business card. Um, you know, and the energy drink in our industry, it's so prevalent, you know, like it's, it, to me, it's ingenious, you know? And so what was a, how did you, how did you find somebody to make it for you? And then is it costly? I mean, you probably don't want to talk
1: dollars, yeah. but yeah um it's much uh it's much less expensive than you think really it. Would be to do it. yeah and it, it to be honest with you somebody could just google how to make my own energy drink and they're gonna probably find the company that i used or at least a company that does it
2: yeah
1: and they and they pretty much just run you through the whole thing they'll give you a design template um they offer you a lot of them will offer you flavors uh, or they'll have one that you can customize so you can sit there and then you can tell them what you'd like it to taste like uh, and then go from there. I sort of kind of picked something that was generic. I didn't want it to be something that was like, well, I only like it because it tastes like grape or it tastes like this yeah. or it tastes like an orange. So I try to I try to pick something that was just, you know, more all-encompassing so you yeah. couldn't just narrow yeah. it down to one thing. But <clears throat> it really had everything to do with just like anything else, just pulling the trigger on it and just pushing it through. And, and I think even when I got that first can of it, cause I got samples, you know, I got samples first and I tried them out and, and, and you know, my better half, she was just like, are you really doing this? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I think so. And, and she knows that I come up with all this crazy stuff. So she's, she's on board with it. That's the cool yeah. thing about it. She doesn't hold me back and uh, she saw the design, and she was like, man, that looks really cool, and then when that first shipment came in, I was like, I couldn't, it was kind of surreal, you know, I was like, wow, this is really, this is really what it is, yeah, 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 I mean, well,
0: yeah, like I said, I don't think of anybody else, and if it's, if it's not as expensive as people might imagine, it's, you know, that's, uh, that's crazy, but like, standing out and especially in your local market has it been pretty well received and then you know the big question the roi your your whole goal though i mean this is elevating your brand as a whole right and then have you do you feel like there's i guess what was your goal with it and are you getting the return that you expected
1: it's it's uh it's superseded my expectation so i'll give you an example um i have a buddy of mine who he started a restoration company at the same time I sort of restarted Rockland. yeah, and we do things and we talk about our ideas and we bounce stuff off of each other. So when I started the process of getting the energy drink made, and then he also started the process of networking at plumbing supply houses. Okay. So he was setting up a booth, he was bringing food in, you know that whole same old thing. And in the time frame, from i don't know when it was last year maybe in about seven months time he said that he had spent fifteen thousand dollars fifteen to twenty thousand just setting up these booths and giving away things and he didn't get one job i spent i spent maybe 25 percent of that and i'm still getting jobs yeah if you want me to take a dump in a box and market guaranteed, I will. I got spare time. But for now, for your customer's sake, for your daughter's sake, you might want to think about buying a quality product from me.
0: Yeah. This is like a continuing return, yeah, that's standing out.
1: Well, I think
0: that's. People have this idea that you got to spend, you know, millions and millions of dollars. I can remember a company I worked for, we used to do a tailgater, and they do this high end event that was several tens of thousands of dollars and i always it but it almost became its own beast right where uh, that's what we did last year so that's what we have to do again and i was thinking man for like you're saying for 25 of that cost we could do every game a tailgater because so in eugene it's a much smaller market right so the ducks are the pro team and so that was everybody goes to the games. But most people already have their tickets if they're going to go to the game. So tickets wasn't always necessarily what you needed to get. But having a cart that had, you know, some Coors Lights and and hot dogs and hamburgers, you know, from Costco, you know, that's what people make the rounds. And um, instead of having this big fancy event, we could have – I know we could have blown away the return on investment by just changing our approach to it. But you almost couldn't because – this is what we did last year, we got to top that, and it was, and then it was the same people in the tent every year, you know, as opposed to getting new blood in, or anything like that, so it's just interesting, it's interesting to hear that it's actually cheaper than you might expect.
1: Oh, yeah, oh yeah, and you know, it's funny, it just, it's kind of uh, in tune with what you're saying, it's so funny how well received it is, and a little sought after, because I I get people asking for me all the time, and right now, it's, it's on a hiatus, it's sort of just, it's just there because of everything that's going on and the time yeah. we're at. But as soon as the quarantine's over, we're going to hit it back hard again. Yeah. But I I never expected it to just become its own thing. It yeah. was really just to be a promotional item for Rockland. I didn't want it to have its own Instagram page. I didn't want to, you know, yeah. i to start getting into all that, making, you know, little ads for it and all that stuff. But now people want to sell it. Yeah. Um. So you're going to see that. It's going to, and the funny thing is, like I said, since it was a promotional item and that's all I meant it for, I don't know the the energy the energy drink game. I don't know yeah. that market. I don't yeah. know anything about it. But it doesn't you can start off and I and I figured out a marketing plan for it so that when we're back on, I know exactly what we're gonna do. And and a lot of it has to do with Um, these big companies, they come in and they service Home Depot, they service, you know, liquor stores and all this other stuff. But there's a lot of mom and pop spots that go out and they go to Costco and they go to, to um, these other restaurant supply companies and they buy monsters. Yeah. They buy uh, all these other types of drinks and they're not getting any, anything from that company. All they're doing is buying their stuff. But now I'm, and you know what, I know you're little, but I'm still going to do, I'm still going to give it to you for wholesale. Yeah. I'm going to give you posters. I'm going to give you stuff to put up on your counter and you can have, you have 30 days. You buy two cases from me. If you don't sell those cases in 30 days, I'll come back and buy it all from you. You yeah. lose nothing. Yeah. It's a no brainer. So they're like, yeah, I want it.
0: Well, I don't, I don't think they're down in California yet. Do you know Dutch Brothers Coffee? Is that ring a bell? Yes, i heard of it. I've heard of it. So it was based up in Oregon, I think Cape Falls, um, Southern Oregon is where they originated and they're spanning out. But they they did the, They did had these drinks, um, flavored uh, Red Bulls, right? And exactly that, they were just selling so many of them that they decided to, to uh, create their own, it's a Dutch, I don't remember what they called the. So they have the sugar-free and the sugar version and the same kind of thing now you know they're now it's a sought after item and people go there just for that so i guess that's the only other one that i can think of that actually made their own but you know they've got distribution because they've got however many hundred you know drive-throughs and those kinds of things so yeah um yeah that's uh that's awesome man have you tried i don't know if you drink have you tried it with vodka yet vodka firewater
1: No, not yet. Not yet. But uh, I'm actually, you know, the funny part is before all this, you know, before everything happened with the quarantine and everything, um, we have some things that are going around. You're going to hear some music for it. I have a couple of people that are making a song specific for it. There's going to be a couple of videos that you're going to see for it for advertising. So yeah, we're going to raise the stick.
0: That's cool. Well, okay. So uh, you got the mask too. I got to admit, I, you know, uh, I've talked to a couple companies about, you know, it's ingenious, you know, especially, um, I don't know if they're talking about the same down in California, but up here in Washington and Oregon, um, you know, they're talking about as we progressively go in, that might be a requirement. I think uh, one of our local grocery stores, Winco, is requiring that you wear a mask if you're going to go shopping. And um, It's yeah. here now.
2: It's okay, here now. same
0: thing. I'm thinking like if that's if that's you know if we need to protect the people that are um, you know the most at risk and the rest of us can start getting back to life and if we got to wear masks and gloves when we go out, let's do it, you know, so right. the But part of the reason you're wearing the mask is uh, you mentioned that your company does some um, fugitive recovery.
1: So um, not my company, so to speak, but part of my family is fugitive recovery. So Half of my family are general contractors and the other half are in the bail bondsman business and do fugitive recovery as well. So I got to dip my feet into this side and then this side.
0: So are you hiding like a big mullet there behind your hat?
1: (laughs) No, 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 not at all. Not at all. (laughs) No, no. I had to take it off when I watched Tiger King.
0: I am not cutting my hair. I'm not changing the way I dress. I refuse to
1: wear a suit. I've had some kinky sex. I have tried drugs. I am broke as shit. I have a judgment against me from some bitch down there in Florida. <laughs> oh
0: man, yeah. Are you, guys, are you guys got the contract for Carol Baskins? <laughs>
2: <No>. <laughs>
0: so, uh, so the you got the the masks as well, um, and uh, um, I, I, the thing that it seems to me the theme. Which is, again, ingenious. Is it seems like a lot of your marketing, whether intentionally or not, is really take care of your partners, right? I think mean, a yes. water. Um, <coughs> Correct. You, said you weren't intentionally going after plumbers. I was actually part of your business was not go the traditional model, but uh, it's become that. And then the mass too, you know, serving the essential people that are out there. Um, you know, it do you, is that part of your thought? Like, let's. Uh, what can we do? because both your products do good, right? I mean, they're, they're things that help people that are in the trenches. Um,
1: yes. So basically like, I want people to think about us whenever they're working, period. You know, we're involved in some facet of it. Um, even when I gave away other promotional items, it was always something to help them like the hat with the led lights on it, or, you know what I mean? Whatever it might be, or always gave away booties or, you know, shoe covers, things like that. Um, the masks actually came because um, the Rockland face shields—that was always going to be a promo item, just to give away. That yeah. was always it. But we also started giving away masks. Um, I actually—I think I—I I think I spent like three thousand dollars on masks, yeah. and I was going to sell them. Yeah. Um it's something that I was going to do with Mrs. Rockland. Yeah. Um, you know, and help her generate her little income and stuff, but it ended up becoming um, where I wanted to just give them away I mean when I saw that people didn't have them and they weren't as easily accessible I didn't think oh let me jack up the price and sell them for more I thought you know what they just need to have it period yep So it just felt it just sort of falls in line sometimes an idea is one thing but that's you know where my head is at and the way I think about things everything just sort of works itself out and then it it, it ends up this way so I, I get a lot good feedback from it um a lot of very appreciative people um and i'm able i give them to plumbers i give them to anybody who asks me but yeah you know i give them to the plumbers i always ask you know how about your wife and your kids make yeah. sure you guys got a mask you know just yeah. things like that yeah
0: that's it's crazy um you know whether you work at a big company or a small company you know people thinking about dollars and how does it make sense and what I'm hearing you say is it doesn't always necessarily have to make sense if it's a good and innovative idea, you know, and and it does something good, that'll come back around, right? You're living proof that, you know, you you do something good and it'll, it'll, you'll, you'll figure it out. Which you said too, uh, when you started Rockland 1.0, you're like, I'm going to do this and you can find ways to eventually become profitable. Right. But you just got to get over that of, of trying. Um, that's awesome, man. I, uh, so do you have, um, you have any thoughts about where we're at with COVID-19 and, and, and how you're preparing your guys and those kinds of things?
1: Well, um, a lot of my, actually, a lot of my workforce is down. Um, yeah. They wanted to stay home with their kids, things like that. So I'm running a skeleton crew right now, um,
2: yeah.
1: so much in fact that I have to be out a lot of the time. Yeah, which is fine um, and I'm not pushing any of them you know to do anything or I want them to feel comfortable because like I said it's all if I took care of everybody else and not care of them then what person would that make me you know just yeah. be putting a front up I'm not a two-faced person so um, that and you know originally when I when this all come out and I start seeing all these restoration companies a lot of them not all of them uh, we have some great ones like First to Respond they're awesome you know, I kind of, I watch their stuff, and I, we share the same sentiment, I think, and the way we look at it,
2: but there's a lot of,
1: there's a lot of fear-mongering going on, you know, and and I'm seeing a bunch of, you know, COVID-19 kill, will kill the, yeah, exactly, it's just all about the money, and, and the first thing that I did was, I started researching the chemicals, I'm like, does this kill COVID-19? No, so what they're, what they were doing was, it says that it kills coronaviruses, and we know that there's one, more than one coronavirus, but Nothing that's specifically tested yet to kill COVID-19. Yeah. So yeah. it's sort of like either I'm going to lie or I'm going to provide just enough information to make you feel comfortable that you're making the right choice and you're protected, yeah. which in my yeah. opinion is still a lie yeah because it's nice leading the consumer now yeah. things are starting to change and you're seeing people's advertising change now they're now you're seeing more of the disinfecting and and it could have been that from the beginning hospital grade disinfection you know things like that but
2: yeah
1: you know yeah it was pretty crazy also i thought was interesting i'm seeing a lot of companies and i understand this because i would probably come about things the same way there's going to probably be a lot of litigation and things involved with with disinfecting things so I'm seeing people or companies set up other companies just disinfecting yeah 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 so so this is a liability yeah
0: well I see I guess I see two parts of it I see companies that haven't traditionally been doing cleaning and one video in particular you know it's like hey we do cleaning now and they're showing a picture of a guy not wearing is uh, PPE properly and just scrubbing a wall like this and then just like cringing you know says okay wow we're really protected <laughs> we're not thinking about how we clean or, or going about it but the other side of that I've got several friends in the industry where their clients are calling them saying our company is mandating you know that our office be cleaned or our space be cleaned and um, you know for me that would be a tricky thing as far as like okay if if you have to have this done, I'd rather our team service you, you know, right. than somebody else like you're saying that's going to be a snake oil salesman. And so, as long as you're honest with the value proposition and saying, "Hey, look, this is what we know, this is what we don't know," um, and I think you know we've mentioned before, you know, Ed Cross, the restoration lawyer, has a lot of good input. And um, yes, episode six, I interviewed a, a guy that does coverage, uh, complex coverage, Raymond Tittman, and he was saying almost exactly the same thing is just, just be transparent about
2: the value that you're offering. So. And and so uh, the advice I would have there is I think number one should make a a fair record or they should make a fair record that there is contamination. Uh, If we as insurance companies start getting bills and are asked to pay them, and there's no real evidence of contamination that was cleaned up, then we feel like we're being scammed. Sure. Uh, so, if there's a legitimate request, and you can show, okay, here we've taken various tasks or, or, or through other means, we can verify that there's a situation here, a legitimate situation that we're trying to resolve. Uh, I think you'll, you'll, by and large, you'll find insurance companies want to cooperate. Uh, they know it's a crisis for everyone. They want to do what's fair. They just don't like being taken advantage of. So, if there's a documented showing that uh, that there was actual exposure in the property in question. Uh, you know, you, you've got a, for example, a confirmed, uh, case of, of, coronavirus by somebody who was living there or, or, or a patron or an owner or whatnot. Um, and, and there's real reason to think that there's contamination and B that you think you're actually doing something to solve it. Sure. Um, you know, as opposed to just, we're just going door to door, you know, supposedly cleaning up properties and sending you bills. Yeah. Uh, I think you want to make that showing. And if it's a legitimate showing, I think you'll find more often than not that the carriers will, will cooperate. Yes. and if it is perceived value
0: you know um just make sure that's documented like hey we right. told you this is what we can and cannot guarantee but this is what we're doing you know
1: um, one one of the things uh that I saw that I really liked from one company that it was different uh, was a company called out here called magnolia environmental okay and they were actually offering assessments of your business of your business activities and they were actually putting it together with their hygienist and then they're having a yep. physician look at everything and they're going over your work practices in the office, in the field, whatever, wherever it may be. And then they give you an SOP. So that way it tells you during these type of times, this is how you should be conducting business to make sure that you're as safe as possible. Yeah. Um, and I thought, now, see, that's value because during flu season, during uh, this type of season, since it seems like they're saying we're going to have this every year now, it's going to come around. Yep. So during these times, something like that to me would be invaluable. And yep. that's, that's real value. Something that can keep on moving, you know, yep. it with you and growing with you. As far as we're concerned, we're not doing any cleanup. We're not doing anything like that right now, but COVID. I, we are starting training getting more information. We're going to take what we see from this and we'll probably, if this is something that happens next season, we will. Um, and we'll just be very forthcoming with what we are providing and hopefully the technology and things that we'll have by that time, yeah. that we'll be able to say, yes, we can eliminate the coronavirus by doing this, this, and this.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, that's what, you know, a lot of the professionals are saying, you know, it's, it's, not that different, or if not easier to kill than prior you know say SARS or MERS and stuff like that, but the problem is um or norovirus, the problem is those ones we have protocols you know we know how to test for it, and you can do a pre and a post, and then if the worst case happened where one of your guys or crew members, guys and gals were um, affected, then there's vaccines and those kinds of things too you know where so it's it's interesting it'll be interesting to see how it all rolls out. Um, Well, I don't want to take too much more of your time. I know you guys said you had a a busy weekend with uh, losses. Um, uh, Any other closing comments or thoughts?
1: No, sir. Um, A few things that I do. if you'll notice, I'm changing the way I kind of our Instagram's kind of different in the sense that it's not all business. It's sort of like yeah. a work and play type of thing, not too playful. But a couple of things that I'm starting to institute is one, if I'm showing an equipment setup, I'm gonna start putting the exactimate codes. Oh, and this is just to help other people so they can get an idea of what it is. Yeah. Um, and I sort of try to think of things like if it's me young me who's looking at this what would be helpful so that's going to be one thing you might start seeing some live stuff might be kind of foolish you know in the beginning but you know just kind of what we're doing because a lot of people say well you know what are these guys up to um so you're going to see that um also um i like to ask questions to my peers that i may or may not know the answers to because i know other people are wanting to know that same answer Yep. For example, mm-hmm. I just had one with Allstate, you know, and, and something that I had gone through, and I love to put it out there. I'm that, I'm that kid in the class that might know the answer, but I'm going to ask that question because I think other people need to know that answer.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, yep.
1: um, how, many,
0: how many times you go to those classes and there's people, you know, the bravado of, you know, I know this. I, I'm working oh with God.
1: <laughs> all the time.
0: I'm working with a construction company here locally and they're learning and ex- helping them learn Exactimate. And, um, you know, they're asking about taking the classes. And I'm like, man, I think I can help you learn that quicker and faster because um, most of the Exactimate classes I go to, it's people bragging about their spiral staircases or sketching a complex roof. And I was like, man, I've, I've seen one spiral staircase in like 18 years and complex roofs. If it's that complex, I'm going to get a bid from a, a roofing contractor. You know, I don't want to touch it. Right. I'm going up there to sketch those steeples, you know, so, you know, the, the practicality of that and, and what's beautiful, I think um, I don't, I don't want to, I, you know, I think the prior generation set that up, you know, the ASCR becoming RIA and IICRC, you know, there's, we're an industry of independence, but there's a lot of good collaboration that happens. There's a lot of people that want to pick you apart if you post something
2: you know, oh yeah, there's
0: a lot of good people that will be like, yeah, hey, this is what I know, or, you know, and it may be more private messages, but uh, I think that's good, man.
1: When I get a DM from somebody and they tell me that they watch us and what yeah. we do, that's awesome. Yeah. I love it. And yeah. I always offer my help. I send my personal cell phone number to people. And yep. I say, if you have any questions, let me know. If you have any issues with billing, let me know. Yeah. I'll be happy to lend you a hand or give you an ear. Yeah. So, you know, it's just to me, that's part of like what I should be doing. Well, and and I it
0: just raises the bar, right? There's plenty
1: yeah. of work out there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not worried about that. Uh, there is. There's plenty of work. And then um, there's only one more thing I wanted to mention. So before Firewater, there there is a uh, Rockline is going to be putting out a comic book. What? It got. Yeah. It got. And and the idea for that was we're on a loss. There's children there. They want to understand what's going on. No, so we're going to have I... these pop co- comic slash coloring books. Um, and it's gonna be basically a loss from start to finish, so the first one is called Rockland versus the mold monster okay <clears throat> so and and we kind of- pro- I kind of procrastinated on this a little bit, so it took the back seat to the fire water once that started going, but hopefully I'm gonna get it out the first one. there's gonna be three, hopefully the first one will come out before the end of the year um and the procrastination actually really worked out because now the story goes the, the superheroes rockland get their power from drinking firewater.
0: <laughs> there you go okay yeah. so that's awesome man that'll be fun okay well we'll have to maybe uh once those are ready or something maybe we'll have to have you back on or do a little uh, uh follow-up that's awesome 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 very cool well thank you william thank you for um sharing your time and your ideas and um I think, you know, hopefully what people get from this is don't overcomplicate your marketing, do something good and, and, uh, it'll pay tenfold. Right. So that's right. Um, well, thank you, man. And, uh, uh, I love seeing your stuff on Instagram and, um, you know, looking forward to having many more conversations
1: to follow. Awesome. Appreciate you. Thank you for having us.
0: All right. All right. All
1: right. Well, that's a wrap
0: on another um, episode of the Diojo podcast. Hopefully, you enjoyed that. Man, um, so many cool takeaways from what William was talking about. Um, I like how at the beginning he was talking about humility. You know, he basically, you know, recognizing I don't know what I'm doing. He saw an opportunity when he got into the industry you know, downloaded Xactimate and just started reading line items. Um, you know, <laughs> how many estimators do you know still or, or adjusters, right, that still don't know their line items, right? And then sometimes you get called out for using, you, not you, me. I get called out, have to read it and realize, you know, oh, the definition has changed in that line item or, you know, there might be another one available. So staying fresh is important. Um, and Watley brings that up in his clip from episode 9, you know about uh, when he started out. You know he actually really was able to build some lifelong relationships with adjusters by being humble. Um, you know, say, say say that again. Humble. <laughs> humble. I'm the most humble person I know. <laughs> um, but then you know William talks about you know thinking about someone is always on your tail trying to take your spot. But at the same time, so that should motivate you to continue to learn and to grow. And to adapt and evolve and innovate, um, but also just focus on you and what you're trying to do. Because there's plenty of work out there, you know, especially in our industry. And um, you know, focus on what makes you unique in the market and what adds value. And you'll, you know, you should always have work. Um, uh, you know, grow as you create unique value. You know, and that growth mindset. You can tell that uh, Williams got that. And then. I'm just blown away by his ideas. The uh, Rockland Restoration um, Energy Drink, so Rockland Firewater, They actually have their separate. um, They have a separate uh, Instagram page, so you can check that out. And got some pretty funny ads on there. Interesting that he said, you know, it's actually cheaper than you might think. And like he said, another customer went after, or another contractor went after traditional lines of revenue like agent lunches and plumbers and those kinds of things. And he spent 25% of what that guy spent and had you know, a much better return on investment and enduring return on investment. So now he's talking about a comic book. What a great way, you know, you're going into people's houses and there's a kid there and kind of trying to explain to them the process through the medium of a coloring comic book. Um, and then you can see, if you watch the YouTube video, he's got a pretty awesome uh, Rockman Restoration mask. And so initially that was going to be a marketing item. And then, you know, as COVID hit, that's also, he's just been handing those out to partners and And, you know, I see companies doing that now, you know, think about, you know, what a great way to reach out to your employees, you know, they're for the near future, it's probably going to be recommended, if not required to wear masks, you know, going to the grocery store and those kinds of things as more things open up. So having your logo on there is a pretty slick um, advertisement. Um, We played a clip of Ray Titman. He was on um, episode six talking about communication with carriers and legitimate value. So it's, you know, as, as companies are engaging in COVID cleaning or even just getting back into, you know, work, um, you know, with, without even directly touching COVID, there's still like in Washington and Oregon compliance issues, you know, so thinking that through and providing value. So, um, uh william talks about his family members of his family are in um uh, bounty hunting you know that's kind of why he covered his face during the um the interview the video portion of the interview so we joke about you know the doug the bounty hunter mullet and uh whether he's got the contract on carol baskins so anyways um that was a, a really fun interview to do um like I said at the opening, try thinking about changing the narrative, you know, for yourself and those around you as far as it's not social distancing, but physical distancing, you know, that six feet is not a social thing, it's a physical thing, so we physically want to keep that um, barrier between each other to keep each other safe, but uh, we still need to, you know, socially engage, so... We'd love to have your feedback, Um, you know, check out the YouTube page, the Diojo Podcast YouTube page, Um, obviously the podcast that you're listening to now, if you would like to leave a rating, those things, from what I understand, help, you know, boost our uh, people's awareness and those kinds of things. If you share them on LinkedIn and Instagram and whatever else you're on, or um, you can always read the articles on Intentional Restorer as well from R&R Magazine, Restoration and Remediation Magazine, so... Um, You can't see it on the podcast, but I was so happy to be wearing my single speed um, screen printing shirt. Um, And I also had my GMS podcast hat on. So if you're in the exclusive club like me and been a a guest on the GMS podcast with Jarrett, um, I was episode number five. I'm in the single digits. Yeah. (laughs) But I think I got my shirts for the Dojo podcast. Um, and single-speed screen printing through a shirt in from them, and um, and then Jarrett uh, sent me the hat, and they all kind of came at the same day, so that was really fun. So, anyways, check the video out, and you can see those items. Otherwise, we will see you next time. <laughs> I'm your it's your friend John from the JoJo podcast.
2: Our pets' heads are falling off. Uh, say that again. John Isaacson has been a crucial role. In no, God! Or played the crucial role in our company and the growth. I just wanted to make John knows knows. <laughs> Joe, Joe, Joe. <laughs> bye, bye. You we stop doing Oh, it.
0: great, Odin's Raven. So, and then I don't know if you saw. Have you listened to the GMS podcast? Do you use those GMS boxes?
1: No. Oh, I. Those are uh, the power distribution boxes.
0: Yeah, Is that and what? it comes in a bag. And it's got all the tails to where you can plug into the range or where the dryer is. And you get a whole nother, I think it's four, uh, all each four, each of them are separate GFCI. And you can just crank out and you can charge for it in the exactmate line item for the spider box. That I didn't know. And it's, uh, it's uh, <clears throat> instead of having to ha- have it pay an electrician
2: to hardwire it, just bop, you're right there. So. The dojo, the do your job dojo. Yeah, um, you know, kind of tell us a little bit about that. Why you why you started it? What your what your kind of goal is there? What is the dojo? No! God, please no! 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 No!